everyone. It is Monday, the 27th of June, the beginning of the last week of the financial year. Henry, what did we miss over the weekend? Morning, team. Just uh, on Friday, of course, we had the big rally in the US markets when everything bad is actually good for the market. And we have seen a little bit of economic data suggesting that maybe, just maybe, some of the indicators are showing that the US economy is slowing, which will be music to the ears of Jerome Powell. We also saw base metals absolutely get spanked on Friday as well on the LME. So again, that's pointing to maybe less risk, at least, of that inflation getting out of control. As a result of this, the Dow closed up 800 and 23 points, 2.7%. NASDAQ up 3.3%. And the S&P 500 up 3.1%. So all was good news. But despite this cratering in base metals, supply is still very much an issue. And it hasn't really altered the fundamentals. It's more a sentiment thing. And interestingly, all the miners overseas actually rallied quite hard. Albemarle was up 5%. BHP up 3% in ADR terms. So they clearly weren't looking at the LME. Oil slightly better. Gold slightly easier. Iron ore pretty much much unchanged at the moment on the numbers that we saw. But of course, all eyes on Dalian Iron Futures as they kick off today. But apart from that, SPY was up 103. Our market has followed not quite as much as the Dow Futures are slightly easier in trade at the moment. That's about it. Very nice. Thank you, Henry. Tom, what have you got for us in our local market? Thank you, Ben. Our market off to a good start to the week, up 85 points. Risk sentiment driving the market again. Every sector in positive territory, consumer discretionary and financial. Uh, leading the market higher. Metcash, they had some strong full-year results. They are up 8.5%. Gold stocks suffering a bit. Evolution Mining is down 15% after lowering production guidance. And Oz Minerals, OZL, is off a little bit after downgrading copper production guidance. Imugene, IMU's up 15% on some positive data from one of its studies. And the big four banks are all in positive territory, up more than 1.5%. No major economic data today, but we do have retail sales this week is probably the, the biggest economic data point we have to look out for. Nice work. Thank you, Tom. Laden, what have you got from the brokers? Thank you, Ben. Just having a look at Qantas this morning following their guidance update. Brokers are a bit mixed. Credit Suisse is underweight and warns that fuel costs will likely hit an all-time peak for Qantas in FY23. The target price is reduced 14% to $4.35, which is about in line with the current market price. And Morgan Stanley, has highlighted the announcement that net debt will fall by $500 million by the end of FY22 is a key positive take. And the overweight recommendation is retained and their target price of $7.10 implies a 60% upside. And also Macquarie has lowered its target price for City Sheik by 63% from $3.20 down to $2.50. It still implies a 30% upside. And the broker has reiterated its expectations that City Sheik's second half earnings will exceed its first half by $2 million. Thank you, Ben. Good stuff. Thank you, Leighton. We've got a couple of fresh ideas this morning. Chris, you've got one for us. Thank you, Ben. Yes, I was taking a look at car sales this morning. I wrote this up before the announcement that came out about them doing an institutional capital raising to the tune of about $1.2 billion, taking over the rest of Trader Interactive, which is a US 
website that does the same sort of thing that car sales does here for US $809 million. They do already own 49% of it and they want to exercise their rights, their call option to acquire the remaining 51%. As I said, it's an institutional raising and they will also increase their debt facilities to make sure that deal gets done. Aside from that announcement this morning, I was looking at the fact that car sales actually does quite well through the economic cycle. They've proven to be resilient over the cycle and they gain higher listings in the face of reduced demand or have done so. They have a very, very strong position locally, strong market position. They have strong pricing power and their international operations by their own admission are expected to improve over time, particularly in Korea and Brazil. And obviously they're having a big crack at the US as well. All that said, there's no particularly strong signs just yet of a slowdown in any case. The problem is more one of supply. As we know, supply chain issues have really disrupted car production markets. Listing volumes for car for the March quarter was solid according to UBS. Private listings were up 34%, offsetting that weakness in the dealer market. Brokers also like it. Target prices are anywhere from, well, around break even to as much as 25% above the current market price. And the chart has turned off the lows as well and has broken out of its downtrend range. So starting to look good on the chart, but we must wait, of course, until it comes out of the trading hole as they complete this deal for Trader Interactive. Good stuff. Thank you, Chris. Tom, you mentioned Metcash had some nice results this morning. You've put a little rundown of them in the Fresh Ideas section as well, I believe. Yeah, so I wrote up Metcash. They had results out this morning, which were quite solid. The stock up around 9% on the back of that. Underlying profit, revenue, and the full year dividend all came in ahead of consensus. The CEO said the result was outstanding. And on top of that, they still had momentum continuing into FY23. They actually said that was in part buoyed by inflation. So it's good to see a business actually turning that inflation dynamic around in its favor. A stat that drew my attention last week from the Commonwealth Bank had some implications for Metcash and sort of put it on my radar. This was that regional migration is at five-year high, and that is music to the ears of MTS because it operates more than 1,300 IGAs in regional Australia. So it's holding on to that market share that it gained through COVID, and that's really important so that the big Coles and Woolworths haven't actually taken much of that back as we move through the pandemic. Brokers likely to have some positive commentary tomorrow. That could offer another boost to the share price. So it's one, it's a defensive play. It's done quite well. It's de-risk for the next little while. The share price is looking okay. So Metcash, one to look out for. Good stuff. Thank you, Tom. And Marx has put in an excerpt from the weekend email on buying the bounce there with a list of some of the geared ETF exposures that you can find to our market and to some of the US markets or indices. So you might want to check that as well while you're in Fresh Ideas. And we'll have a little bit more on that in just a moment. Before that, Henry, what are you writing about today? Thanks, Ben. Just a couple of stocks that have caught my eye. Still considering a complete reset of the small cap portfolio. It's been five and a bit years, 20% growth over that period of time. So it has done pretty well. So just looking at changing things up a little bit and had a few emails about that. So this time of year being tax time and end of year might be an appropriate juncture to shrink it somewhat and have a bit of a reset, but still thinking about that one. As far as a couple of stocks that caught my eye, both of them have been doing relatively well recently. And this comes back on the US infant formula shortage, another plane load of Bub's infant formula going to the US. And of course, now on Walmart and looking at the Walmart website as well, it's well and truly up there. So that is an interesting one, especially given that Abbott continues to have some problems with the FDA there. So those two stocks, A2 Milk, which hasn't got FDA approval yet for its formula in the same way that Bub's has a little bit behind.
behind, but Bubs certainly looks interesting going forward. It's not a particularly new idea, but it certainly does look interesting, especially when I went into the chemist the other day and noticed that all the Bubs formula was at eye level, which is kind of a good sign because it used to be at the floor or by your knees, and they used to have other milk products at the eye level, which obviously is where they want you to buy from rather than bending down and having a look. So maybe the acceptance of the brand is getting more and more. The other thing I wrote about was this was following a letter from a solicitor on the South Coast who sent my kids a letter telling them that they had free money waiting for them. Usually these things are a scam, but upon further investigation, it turns out that it wasn't actually a scam at all. So there is a way to find digital or reach down the back of your digital sofa and maybe find some money. I did the same with me and I found $120 and I found my wife $105. So there's a little tip. Go and have a look and see if you've got any unclaimed money, especially if you've moved around a bit. That will always throw up one or two payments that you might not have received for dividends, etc. So the kids were very happy, that's for sure. Yeah, very nice. Wouldn't mind finding a little bit of money there my couch. Right? Yeah, it was five and a half grand. That's pretty handy, especially this time of year. I know. What was funny, of course, is the kids that, that it's their five and a half grand, but they failed to realize that the investment in the first place was me buying the shares for them some time ago because they were only six at the time. So clearly they didn't have the pocket money to pony up for that company that got taken over. But of course, now it's their money, not my money. So I think they'll have to keep it on that basis. <laughs> Very good. Thanks, Henry. Marcus is not with us on the podcast this morning, but he has been writing in the newsletter. He does have a deep dive into the ETFs there in a quick strategy section, a bit of a breakdown on the beta shares A200 ETF. And he's just thinking about whether or not we should be putting some cash back to work in the strategy portfolio, but standing back for the moment. And above that in the Marcus strategy section, Marcus has gone to town explaining Marcus today and how we are breaking up our investor base into three categories to make it nice and easy to follow long-term investors, income investors, and active investors. We've seen a bit of the work we've done for active investors already with the fresh ideas, tried to give the one place for the technical staff, the short-term staff. And today we are launching the long-term investor section and the income investors section. They are going to feature the portfolios, the forever portfolio and the dividend portfolio that we already have dividend portfolio with the income investors and the forever portfolio with the long-term investors. Myself, Chris and Tom are looking after those portfolios. And we have also put in today a little section on each of those, giving a little rundown of what they're there for, who they're for, and how we're going to go about managing them. It's not going to be any drastic changes. We're just trying to make it a lot clearer for everyone to follow and hopefully really hit the needs of our subscribers. So really exciting moves there. Make sure you check that out if you are interested and we will keep on trying to make them interesting and educating and the portfolios continue to perform. That wraps that up. Our question of the day today, nice and easy. Are you getting itchy feet this morning after the positive night on Friday? A bit of a change in sentiment, potentially. Tom? My answer is no, but that is a function of lack of cash in my account. If I had some cash or more than I do, I would be starting to look at a few things that have come off and that still have strong underlying themes attached to their business. But personally, no, because I am cash poor. Fair enough, Len. Similar to Tom, I have to hypothetically imagine that I've got cash, but yes, I am getting slightly itchy. I'd like to see a little bit more upside, continuous upside though. Nice. 
Chris? No, I am not getting an itchy trigger finger because of one big night on the Dow. I still think the macro conditions are not great. I'd need to see some more evidence. I did have a look at the cash balance in my self-managed super fund the other day, though, and think that's a little bit high and maybe I do want to deploy it. But no, I'll wait to see some more evidence before moving. Henry? I haven't really sold anything. We're talking in the small cap portfolio. I haven't actually sold too much, so I'm not really too worried about missing out. This is kind of a nice relief. But you've got to remember that although the market has bounced quite nicely in places, the index wise, some stocks are still a long, long way away. So the trend can get going for quite a while before you have to worry about missing the boat to some extent. So I'm not that worried about missing it at the moment, but I'm happy to see it bounce for the stuff that I've got. But I think we still have a more volatile scenario going forward. We still got US reporting in July. We've got our own reporting in August. There's confession season to come. Although we have seen a lot of confessions in our market already because of conference season as well. And we saw one today from Evolution in terms of production. And of course, those Metcash numbers as well. So there are a lot of, uh, there's a lot of information out there already, but I, you know, I'm hoping this is the start of a decent bounce, but we shall see. Not convinced just yet, but good signs. Very nice. And I would mirror some of the sentiment, I think, on the portfolio perspective, happy to have a little bit of extra cash still and be waiting and watching for opportunities to deploy. But then similar to Chris, I did look at my super last week and I just nibbled away at a couple of ETFs considering my super has about 40 years left in it. One has about three. Yeah. On the, <laughs> on the long-term time run, I'm you know relatively a little bit itchy on the, on the super long-term, but yeah, happy with cash in the, in the shorter. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Dean. We'll see you tomorrow.